listening to the United Not Uniform podcast. I am your host, Crystal. The purpose of this podcast is to have intentional spaces that allow and celebrate difference, difference of opinion, experience, and more. In this podcast, we will be able to truly hear and see one another, even when we disagree. What would it look like if we were truly able to see one another, to set aside fear, insecurity, and doubt, to be willing to embrace the silence and let words carry their full weight? If that sounds fun, or at least a tiny bit interesting, you are in the right place. Together, we will grow as we discuss different topics, hear other stories, and have a few laughs along the way. Welcome to the United Not Uniform podcast, where there is more than enough space for us to be seen and to see others. Well, I am so excited for this episode. I am here with Charles. Charles, do you mind just taking a couple of minutes just to introduce yourself to everybody on the podcast? Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever this is uh, being broadcast. want to say welcome. Uh, hello, everyone. Again, uh, my name is Charles Tellis. Um, very, very pleasure, very happy to be here. Um, I am uh, I'm excited for this program. A little bit about me. Um, I, I'm at a juncture in my life of wanting to help people out, especially when it comes to um, strategy and just understand what people might, you know, building up this this so-called life here. Yeah, um, and that's a lot. That's it, a it huge is. job in itself. It, it truly <laughs> is. Um, so again, uh, background military, been almost uh, 28 years. Uh, so there's been a lot of things uh, that I've seen, uh, some good th- good moments and some not so good moments. But I cherish one of those, each one of those, due to the fact that those teachable moments, those those life lessons of hey, could I have done it better, or hey, that's an area that I've thought about, but yeah, that's probably not right for me. Um, and then kind of applying those and, and utilizing utilizing those um, types of stuff uh, going forward and, and trying to practice not only professionally but personally. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to the series of questions and uh, I hope that's – That is perfect. Myself. I mean, like I feel like honestly we could end the podcast right there. But <laughs> I love what you said about there are – there's like strength and and – there are good aspects of both the opportunities of growth, right? Yes. You can tell I'm like the overly positive person. Opportunities, I love it. I as love opposed it. I love to like, it. no, y'all messed up. But, <laughs> <laughs> but op- there really are opportunities to to really grow and to reflect if we allow those moments to be like that. And so yes. I love how it's like you're able to see the good in both, um, and that all in all really makes you a even better person to have all this experience that's amazing i think you have to have those in order to be a true genuine person not only to kind of see what what works best for you but also see different point of views right um and i know uh, as we kind of get a little further into the message you know how can we uh, look at those different point of views and help us grow uh as an individual but more as a community yeah so i i just i'm just ready i hope you guys are excited because i know i am Yes. So today we are going to be talking about emotions. There's so much in that. 
there's so much in that. Uh, and before we get to uh, go into specific emotions, a lot of you guys know that in some of the other episodes, we've kind of touched a little bit on emotions and needs, but today we're going to go a bit deeper with some more specific examples and topics. And so often when we talk about emotions, uh, it's important that we also talk about counseling and therapy. Um, I myself have been seeing a counselor now for, I'd say, two years, and it has been life-changing for me. But I know even in that process of admitting that it might be time to go to counseling and then finding a counselor and everything, it was it was really challenging. And so, Charles, I would love to hear your thoughts about why you think there's a stigma around yeah. counseling. Yeah, great, great point. Um, for me, uh, again, not a trained professional in, in, in psychiatry or haven't been physically trained in to, to do any type of, like, mental health. However, yeah. being in the military, they do kind of tra- train you to kind of look for those types of things that, you know, you, you want to – they may bring up red flag. Um, so from that standpoint, I know I've, as an African-American male, um, you know, I think one of those uh, – couple of various reasons of, you know, that negative uh, stigma when it comes to counseling is, I guess, the, the historic trauma Ooh, yeah, uh, in the good. past. That's good. Um, you know, you, do you trust the system? Um, historically, it kind of worked against us, mm-hmm. uh, especially from a systemic uh, oppression, racism, and also that trauma. I think of uh, um, just all that oppression, and it's like, okay, do I really want I need to hold that in and, and reaching out to somebody is like, uh, I don't know. Um, there's also the, the aspect of the cultural mistrust, again, kind of alignment with the historical yeah. trauma, but more importantly, the, the, the misalignment of, hey, I'm seeking professional help with the understanding that, yeah, you're going to help me out, but that may not be the case. The, the prominent thing that pops out of my mind was the syphilis uh, study. Oh, that's so, right. you know, you had all these uh, folks injected with syphilis just to see what they're going to try to, you know, what symptoms and, and not really treat them properly. Right. So that, that treatment, you're going there to get help and not having the help that you need to help you be a per- better person or get over a certain particular element. I think those are some of the stigma. Uh, the, of course, the most common one is, hey, I'm strong, I'm independent, I can do this all by myself. You know, it's, it's, as a male, I'm supposed to, you know, burden all these things and just uh, muscle through it. Yeah. Um, the resiliency of peace, you know, may get us down and just the um, trying to break through those barriers of being vulnerable and showing, seeming like it's a, a show of weakness, which is not, not necessarily the case. Um, Having, you know, all these different pressures coming in you uh, at one time, bringing up those emotions and yeah. some of these emotions that may be rooted deep, 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 like in your childhood. And you have, and no, you have no idea what's, right. what you're going to be doing and oh, how you're going goodness. to expel that or not expel it, but kind of um, ch- channel it in the right direction. Uh, that's very difficult. Uh Again, for me, I'm kind of I am fortunate enough where being in the military, they kind of identify like, hey, here are some stressors that you might want to look out for for not only for the indiv- other individuals, but those individuals that can be applicable. Well, those particular traits that can be applied to you and kind of see where am I at. Um, I know for me, you had mentioned earlier that you go to you're attending counseling. Yeah. Um, I'm currently seeking counsel as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, mine is more for. Um, 
the, the pressures that are coming within the job. So for an example, yeah. as we talked about earlier about all the different pressures, um, I think society as a whole, they bring unrealistic pressures on you or unrealistic uh, objectives. And we place it upon ourselves that we, do we want to measure those um, those accomplishments. And so those particular accomplishments may be very unrealistically to Ooh, a change. That is so, so good. And having those additional pressure on you, whether to pressure to perform, to maintain that level of, of steadiness, um, creates a lot of anxiety. Uh, and so for me, it's more of, hey, I am seeing the, you know, what I had talked about earlier, you see you see these particular traits that are occurring, you know, the irritability, the mood swings of the irritability, or you're not sleeping properly, you know, some of those indicators that saying that, hey, there's something not just right here. Right. What do I need to do? So for me, from my, st- my standpoint of view was, hey, I want to be proactive, proactive in order to address those situations more, more because what I don't want to do is have it fester and just keep inside of me and it's just degrading the personality who I am and eventually causing either physical, emotional, or spiritual distress. So, um, you know, not physical, not of, you know, hey, I'm going to beat somebody up, but more physically, internally, like, hey, am I getting ulcers or am I, you know, I... I'm yeah, your body will show. Shut, your body will literally yeah. shut down on you. So trying to identify those stressors there to kind of say, hey, I acknowledge that it's there. What can I do to prevent further damage from that aspect? Yeah. And for me, for the counseling, what I took was the proactive approach of looking at it and saying, hey, I'm seeing these particular indicators in my life. What can I do to address them? But more importantly, how can I mitigate or kind of kind of def- yeah, kind of mitigate the uh, the problem there. Yeah, it, it's it's you're always going to have emotions, but you want to identify what those emotions are and how you're going to treat them. Exactly, and so I, there's so much that you said in that, I know, and I don't want us to miss it. No, don't apologize. <laughs> it's perfect because it's like you have not only what you are experiencing in your own life, but often, especially within the black community or marginalized communities in general, you have generational trauma that you were carrying, right? And so there's this idea that like, oh, I know for me growing up in West Virginia, where I was oftentimes the only other person of color in the room, or you're navigating like teachers or structures that really don't want you to thrive, right? Right. Uh, And you're constantly having to prove yourself. Yes. Prove that you can be in this classroom. Prove that you're smart enough. That you not necessarily are the exception because I think it's important that... um, I feel like that's a separate conversation that I might have to bring you back on for that too, because I feel like there's a lot of meat down in there. But uh, you really start to take on all of this pressure. And oftentimes our parents are telling us things not to terrorize us, but it is traumatizing. It is. At an early age, you're learning how do you handle yourself in certain situations? What do you don't do? How do you dress a certain way, right? And that's a lot of pressure. And so I I love what you said, because it kind of leads up to the second question, and I'm going to offer a little bit of my my story in finding a counselor. My journey, when I realized, okay, it might be time for me to have some help, because Mm -hmm. I, uh, so I started going to counseling just because I was starting seminary and they were like, you need to like maybe get into some of the rhythms where you're being cared for, especially if you are working at a local church and in counseling. Right. So like you said, it was like proactive, but I had no idea the junk I was carrying. Well, that too, especially, so 
of course, being in the military, you, you're exposed to different folks. Um, I have a good chaplain friend, so she's also in the ministry. But just hearing the stories, not not knowing the great details, but understanding that the burden that sh- it's one thing to have your own burden, but as a counselor or as a chaplain or someone in professional faith, hearing it from others and, and having that transfer of of energy dumped onto you. Yeah. It's, it's, you don't think you about it. don't that. think about it. And it's, and it's like, whoa, really? And then they also have to, you know, kind of seek professional help to kind of channel that, that negative energy to a positive direction. Yeah. Um, same with my profession, um, you know, being in a leadership position, yes, it, it's good to kind of, you know, hey, this, you know, you're trying to make sure you're in a safe and secure environment for your folks, but you're also a listening ear and hearing some of their trauma that they may go through or not even have to be trauma, but some of their exp- life experiences and trying to kind of, you may not have the answers, but you may tell them, hey, I do not have the answers, but I know where, you know, you can get help from, yeah. but understanding, you know, that, that you see them on a day-to-day basis and kind of see you know that they're not just right and you just want to help them out and kind of add on to that you don't want to be that additional burden or you don't want to have that particular workload be that additional burden where they must they're they're also struggling through things as well and I think what you pointed out especially if you were in the caretaking profession and I love how you're talking about even in your leadership position in the military you were still looking out for the people in which you were supervising yes and so it's so important for you to make sure that you are grounded and that you have outlets correct Uh, I love that you said that so uh, I always like to tell the story because (laughs) I was was so blindsided by the idea that, like, I guess, especially being in seminary for pastoral care and counseling, I'm all about other people being vulnerable, and I'll share parts of my yes. story too. But I had no idea that there was a disconnect between knowing your emotions and allowing yourself to actually feel them. So the example I always like to use is I'm in a counseling session, and my counselor is so phenomenal, by the way, where she was just kind of like, I'll be talking, and like, life is great, everything's fine. And she was just like, well, it started asking me certain questions and she's like, Crystal, you were talking about a really hard thing mm-hmm. and you were smiling the whole time. Did you realize you were doing that? And I was like, no. <laughs> and she's like, you're smiling now. Like, You talked about a really hard, challenging situation. Why are you smiling? Right. And I was, I started getting frustrated. I was like, and like kind of going back to what we were talking about before, it's like, well, you can't like dwell on it. You just have to push through. You just have to keep it going. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm talking about what does it look like for you to actually feel your emotions? And yeah. I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, like, display that you're angry. You're right. angry, right? And I was like, well, how do you do that? I think I'm going to catch her up. Like, how do you display anger? And she just acted out the anger that she felt so easily. And I started getting frustrated because I was like, why is it so hard for me? Like, I know the emotion. I know that there's anger. But why can't I act it out? And so she did. She had me do this assignment. And again, it's a video call, so it's very humbling <laughs> yes. when someone's telling you to do something on a video call. And so she was like, I want you to stand up. And yes, I can see you on the camera. And she's like, I want you to act out what anger is. And it was something about standing up and having to think about how do I actually like demonstrate with my body right. that I feel that anger. I started crying. And she was like, oh. I was just like, what, t- Crystal, tell me what, what's going on. Tell me what right. are you feeling, what's coming up. And I realized, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm hurt. Right. I'm feeling hurt. But it was something about having to stand up and kind of get out of my comfort zone to realize the disconnect and kind of align it with both my body and, like, 
what I was feeling and like what I was demonstrating. And so I love, I know that's a lot, but it's just like, I feel like when I talk to other people about that in today's world, it's not uncommon. Like to be able to name, oh, I'm feeling angry. And we're going to dive a little bit more into anger okay. in the next question. But I want us to spend a little bit more time on like this idea of why do you think that yeah. it's like, it's, we name the emotions, but we don't allow ourselves to, to feel, feel it. it. Yeah. Yes. So I, it, yeah, that's a great question. Um, being in a professional setting uh, that I'm in, you're trained to acknowledge it, but to your point, not to feel it. Uh-huh. Um, because then it kind of, you're supposed to be the constant and guiding light to help those who are in, in your command um, kind of make sure that the organizational strive. So if they don't, it's kind of like a dual double edged sword because you're, you're there. Yes. You may be angry at somebody, but you can't physically show that emotion to them. So you have to channel it in a way that it's more conducive for them to understand what the importance of, you know, this particular assignment was to get the mission completed, which is, you know, you, 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 some, some leaders do it better than others mm-hmm. some some others some leaders they they don't they will let you know you will physically see how they're like get red in the face or throw some objects around you it, it all depends on the personality um but you know you're typically taught to kind of put that in a box for now and then yes just say the words but kind of keep those real raw emotions deep down inside and kind of muster through. Yeah, so then and when that, do you, like, have an opportunity to, like, then process and, like, release right. it? Right, so for us, it's more like you really don't. Wow. And that's and it goes back to, yeah. like, my particular situation is, like, yes, you're festering, you're putting this in a box, and it just stays there and it just grows and grows and grows. Yeah. And then you see the second and third order effects of it. You're more irritable. You're not sleeping at night. You're, you're frustrated. You're not eating right. You're not mm. sleeping right. And those warning flags, you know, flare up. And to me, I'm seeing these, you know, warning flags. And those are indicators like, hey, I'm not in distress now, but I'm definitely seeing these stressors. What are some of the tools that, what are some of those coping tools that yeah. I can use today to mitigate that to become a, be- a worse problem down the road? Yeah. And so from a counseling standpoint, yes, you kind of understand it, but it's very helpful to have that one-on-one conversation with someone who is trained to say, hey, I understand. I hear what you're going through. Here are some of the things that you could be doing. Here are some mindful techniques that you can use. You can detach yourself from the situation. Um, so there are various of techniques that those trained professionals can help those individuals when it comes to, you know, how do you process that raw emotion and understand what it's not only doing to you internally, but externally as well. I love that. Uh, I'm going to, because I'm going to go a little bit further, because I I love having a male on here to talk about like emotions and counseling and everything. I don't feel like, especially within the black community, I don't feel like we hear that enough, but I also... I also love what you said about like having that state that that space where you can be safe yes. to be vulnerable and share that because not everybody y'all you need to hear us not everybody is is um, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it in a way there are some people that may not necessarily be for you yes but I think especially if there are people who are not 
at the same maturity that you are at, whether emotional intelligence, spiritual intelligence, they can only do so much, Correct. right? Yes. And I know I've learned that the hard way when I was trying to go around counseling and trying to make other people my counselor who were not trained and ended up getting hurt and burned. And so like, there's a difference when you go to counseling. So I'm gonna ask you a two part question. Yes. Um, when you talked about like, especially in the military, how you have to kind of bottle it up and package it, like, can you also share a little bit about maybe the male perspective and you can keep it in your own experience mm -hmm. as well, because you can't speak for all men, but I think right. it's important to have hear male voices when we're talking about emotions and feeling that. And then also, what would you say to someone, a male who was thinking about, or is really struggling and has been wrestling with the idea of going to counseling? Okay, I'll start with the first one first. Um, so as a African-American male uh, in senior leadership positions, you know, you, you do have those added pressures. So uh, you had indicated earlier in your childhood that you were the only uh, African-American student in the classroom. As you get up to whether what I've seen, and I can only share my personal experience, what I've seen is as you continue to go up those higher ranking rates, uh, ranks in the official um, um, community, yeah. um, I am usually the only one in, of color in the rooms. Wow. And so you're, you're looking around and like, okay, that that's it. I'm, it's me. All right. Okay. Got it. Um, you feel that pressure. Like you have to, you have to perform that you have to justify why you are there. Yeah. Um, unfortunately the folks in the podcast can't see me, but people have been told that told me that yeah you pretty look you pretty look young for your you know your age of your your stature in the senior uh, ranks uh, position so I, I get that a lot so not only you're a minority you know minority but you know I don't look the part of mm. being a senior official so it's like okay now you have to even compete not only because you're the only uh, African-American person minority in the room but now you have the age appearance that is going after you um, Which many people would say is a gift. It's so a I love that you pointed that out. Because that, no, but it is. If it, you look younger, that's a whole other barrier it, it that is. we don't talk and people, about. And I, and I realize that um, as I talk to folks, it's like they, they get the stinky eye face to me. and like, what do you know? You're, you're, you're young. You, you, haven't been you haven't been exposed to a certain thing. Yeah, I've been exposed to a lot of things. And then once you break down that barrier, start talking, communicating mm -hmm. with them, um, and this goes into the second part of just yeah. communication of, you know, what can we do as, you know, being positive to promote, you know, counseling. You have to have that open dialect. Yeah. Um, so going back, um, reeling the back in, you know, having that communication, you know, kind of breaking down those barriers uh, of, of saying that, hey, yeah, I'm here just as like as equal as you. Um, that 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 definitely um, plays heavily upon it. And then, you know, just the fact that. You know, you still want to provide for your family. You have all these different organizational stressors that come on. You have different tasking that's being placed upon you. And, oh, by the way, there's limited resources, like manning resources or even particular funding resources that kind of yeah. constrain you. So with all those compound pressures and still trying to compete to the peak performance that you're supposed to do, that adds up over time. Yeah. And that's, I think, one of the things that we don't really understand or don't really get a good grasp on is the fact that this is not a, oh, it all hits you at one time. 
and then you're like, oh, I need to see professional counseling. It's more of it's a gradual process. It it's like boiling. You know, you hear the story about, hey, how do you, you know, you can cook a frog in a boiling water. You could just let them in there and just slowly turn the uh, temperature up and you can, you know, basically kill them that way because he's, that frog is so accustomed to the heat until it realizes that it's boiled and it's boiled to death. And so oh, wow. I think I think I told the story wrong, but the gist of it is still the same, which is, hey, you're you're in you're in the pot of water. You're in you know, you're in the uh, factor of all, all these different factors that are going on that's stressing you out, stressing you out. And you're just there sitting in it. And you're not doing anything to it to address mm. it. And as the temperature continues to rise, you're still in it, not doing anything to combat it. And yeah. by the time it gets to that boiling point, that trigger point, you're done. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. And I think that's a perfect segue into anger. Okay. So uh, it what was interesting to me is that I learned that anger, I mean, like, again, it is an emotion. Anger is an emotion. It, yes. But oftentimes it has a partner. <laughs> it's not the only emotion. Not all the time, right? But oftentimes there's a friend. And I, in the example that I provided earlier, I was really feeling hurt. And it, it was something about... The fact that I felt hurt, there was shame, there was pride mixed in there. There was a little bit of a rejection, right? And how I kind of masked all of that as anger. And I felt more comfortable being angry. It was mm. easier for me to say I was angry right. then, than to admit I was hurt, right? And so, yeah, I just love to hear your thoughts yeah, on that. So, and like, yeah, I, yeah, I think... Yes. You, so you do see that, I think, and it's not just in the military, but you see that whether it's in the private sector or anywhere. And, it, and it's all about the human behavior trait. Um, how vulnerable are we? Yeah. Uh, I, think that's, that's, Ooh, that's good. I think that's the key of it because you, you know, we all have faults. And, I, and one of the things I tell folks is, hey, I'm not perfect. I know I'm going to make mistakes, but guess what? I'm going to try to not understand the mistake, identify the mistake, and kind of not and hopefully not to repeat that mistake. Yeah. Um, and so there may be times where you, you say something, do something uh, out of spite or anger, uh, but that's probably because you're probably embarrassed. Or, yeah. or you're in, in, and how do you relate that, that vulnerability to somebody that, hey, I'm angry because either you're ashamed of something, you're trying to mask it with anger. Yeah. Um, I th again, it goes back to that open dialogue of, you know, having that one-on-one -on -one conversation with the individual and not just make it a transactional relationship. Yeah. Um, f for counseling, I, I, you know, breaking, you know, trying to understand that they're, you're not, you're not a weak person. Right. You're trying to be vulnerable because you want to break down those barriers. You want to kind of understand why am I feeling this way? Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I, you know, want to stress more than anything is the fact that, you know, it's, it's okay. It's okay to kind of seek professional help or it's okay to, you know, understand that we're all not perfect. And it's hard at times, especially when you have pressures coming on you to compete and perform yeah. and say, no, you got to do it this, you have to do it this specific way at this particular time at this specific juncture. And that may not be the case. It may not work for everyone that way. It may There may be another road to follow to get you to where you need to go. And will that encounter trials and tribulations? Absolutely. But that's how we learn from one another. Oh, that's um, so good. And I think what we need to do from that anger standpoint is kind of, yes, one, acknowledge it. It's, it's there. Got yeah. it. 
How do we channel it into something more productive? How can we make it more of a life lessons or a teachable moment, not only to us, but to other folks? Uh, and, and do it in a productive way where you can kind of be that mentor to somebody to say, hey, I've been down that shoe, shoe before and it doesn't look good. Yeah. Uh, and, and so going into my other argument, and I, you, you brought up a good point of, you know, from an African male standpoint, you know, why, why, why are we not doing more to kind of promote that? I think the lack of representation yeah. in, the, in the counseling profession. That's a good point. Is, is always huge. You know, you know, we are, we're kind of the byproduct of what we see. And so if we don't see anything like there to say, Hey, I am, you know, such and such, and I do seek professional help in this or better yet actually seeing counselors out there to say, Hey, I am a counselor and I do this, this, and, and this. And I take insurance. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right. Keep going. Right. No, no. You know, that or, you know, you see Jake from State Farm and life insurance out there. But, you know, yeah. you, you got to you have to promote people up there to kind of say, hey, yes, it's OK. It's all right. Um, I think that lack of diversity kind of also attributes to the fact that, well, I don't really see anyone like me. So I guess it's only me. And that may not be the case. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Because I, I wanted to make sure I made that connection, too. Because it's like, you're angry, but you can't be too angry. Or you'll be the angry, well, speaking of myself, you'll so be the stereotype. angry black woman, right? Right, right. And so you're trying to, it's almost like you are trying to not f- allow yourself. <laughs> it's like, you don't want to come off a certain way because you don't want to be de- confrontational or the angry one. So you're yes. trying to run from the stereotypes, but then at the same time, you're denying your humanity. Yes. Um, but, and at the same time, it's like, you also have a weak, not, I know we're not trying to use the word weakness, but there are times where I know I feel weak or I want to be cared for, or there's a need that's unmet. Let's right. phrase it that way. Right. Yes. And I think the, the impact of the stereotypes on how we are like really trying to control our emotions, yes. especially when you are from a community that has experienced a lot of marginalization, yes. oppression, or where you are the other. And it is just so, it's just so many layers that you're putting on I, yourself. I, I have a personal story on that one. Yeah. Um, few years, like five, maybe even six, seven years ago, um, to your point of firing, how much emotion can you exhibit, especially as a minority? Yeah. So, uh, here I am having a uh, trip going um, from D.C. to uh, uh, Pennsylvania, and um, at the airport, bad weather coming in. Got it. And you, oh, you're no. having people, yeah, you're having people like, hey, what should we do? You know, the plane is getting delayed and delayed, delayed. You got people up there saying that, hey, should I? You know, Pennsylvania from D.C. is not that far. Hey, should we go ahead and rent a car and drive somewhere else, or we just wait? Um, bottom line, the plane gets canceled. And people are like, you... You, you could have done that you, way earlier. We could have done that way early. Oh, so a no. lot, of, not only me, but a lot of other people were kind of angry, frustrated of the situation. Right. And so people were exhibiting their frustration on the individual who was like, hey, we're trying to do as best as we can. And, you know, people were talking to the, uh, the gentleman, and he was like, hey, I, I understand you know, the constraints, we're doing everything we can do to kind of see what you're doing. You know, everyone is showing their emotions, you know, very frustrated. I'm, I I want to weigh in too, because I'd like, yes, you know, you tell me that, you know, we've been sitting here for like two hours and, you know, here we are almost nine, 10 o'clock at night and you're now going to cancel it. How are we going to get there? 
oh my gosh, you would thought I would have uh, blew up and you know really? I told you it was when you said something. It was when I said something, wow. and you're like, wait a minute, all these other people who you know probably were a little more voiceless than me, and you're gonna attack me. So you get that. Well, was it, you know, hey, why, you know, and of course the guy was like very upset. Yeah. Like, well, you you need to calm down. Like, calm down. I am calm down. You know, I'm just expressing, you know, logically what has happened and here are the process and you tell me you can't do Ooh, that. Oh, I hate when people say calm down. But here's the kicker. Uh. So the guy leaves and all this other stuff. White lady, white older lady, she come back to me and said, I don't know what he's talking about. I think out of all of us, you were the most calm and collective of approaching the wow. guy. And that I'm was like, good that she acknowledged, it, like, you, what what is going on? Yeah. So I'm like, are you really? Like, well, that that helped me. That kind of gave me some saving grace. And like, because I'm thinking, I really maybe I do need to check my attitude. And wow. I'm like second doubting myself because I'm I'm thinking like, yeah, I yes, I am angry, but I'm not showing that emotion. That's because of the military training piece. But I'm like, hey, this is why we're frustrated. These are the things. There are multiple times where you could have done this. Um, and then she comes up to me and is like, yeah, um, I don't know what he was talking about because out of all of us here, when we were like going irate at him, like, oh my gosh, you could have done this. You were the most calm, collective person wow. <laughs> who kind of illustrated what was going on. And he's going to, you know, tell you to, you know, calm down. I was like, whoa, yes. So, yes. Like, you, thank you. You saw it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, but to your point of, you know, understanding, you know, as a minority and kind of displaying that emotion out in public, you do have to not only be mindful of it, but be mindful of the consequences that it may yes. have the second, third order effect. Ooh. And then you also add this layer of masculinity and there's like a whole lot of conversations about like, what is masculinity and hypermasculinity? I'm not going to ask you to define <laughs> that. That would be a little bit mean and probably again, a separate, separate podcast yeah. for sure. But it's like, there's, I, I, again, outside looking in, cause I am not a male, but like, I would imagine like, even with that in what you can share and the types of relationships that you have, like, I mean, can you just tell a little bit more about that? Like, what does that look like if I was say, a male that was like really struggling, but I didn't really have those safe spaces in my friendships because we don't really talk about emotions like that. Like, what would I do? I think it's going to be a lot tougher for me um, to express. I can share only my experiences, of but course, for of those course. who may not, one one thing being in the military that they do do will in is under they, we call what's called. Uh, general military training GMTs mm. and every year you go through these series of um, training and, and these trainings are kind of repetitive so they kind of ingrain into you what are some of those trip wires to look out for for individuals um, because it's pretty it, in the military it's not just a person of one it's it's us together as a team yeah your team and so if you're down that means you could be the potential weakest link or you want to look out for that next guy who you want to take care of out for you the army calls them battle buddies uh, or uh, navy calls them shipmates um, so you want to look out for that individual so for me as a african american male you do you know, look out for other folks and kind of see, hey, are you doing okay? And, and ask those genuine questions like, hey, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. No, no, no. Are you for okay? Real. Are you okay? And it's okay if you're and not. And it's okay <laughs> if you're not. And you'd be surprised sometimes you'll they'll they'll still say, 
yeah, but and then you start digging a little bit more. Okay, yeah, yeah, but isn't that okay? I'm, a quick <laughs> plug. Can we get to the point that when we actually ask somebody how they're doing, that we actually want to know how they're doing? Can right. We, can we just agree, <laughs> listeners? So that's what we start doing. Because I even like I work at a local church, right? And it will be Sunday, and I am asking people like, "How are you doing?" And they'll be like, "Good." And I'm like how are you doing? And then it's like the pause, like you said, like yeah. actually think about it. Or even when they ask me and I'm like, I'm okay. And they're like, you're good. I was like, no, I said, I'm okay. And right. it's like, if you want to know more, ask me. Right. But let's be honest about how we come to spaces. I agree. And then you, you have to be, well, when you say it, be prepared to share. To share. As exactly. much as you want. You don't <laughs> exactly. have to be an open book. Right, right, right. <laughs> or show them your journal if you write right. one like me. But um, but yeah, I think that's a good point. But sometimes, too, you got to be careful, too, because some people out there will share. And it's like, hey, how are you doing? I'm not doing too good. And this is the reason why. You're like, oh, okay, let me dial it back a little bit. Let me make sure I'm I'm in the right frame so I can, if I am ready to receive it, right, how do true. I need to make sure that's that that very individual. That's true. So I you know it sometimes goes both ways. Yeah. Um, but for I've, going again back as an African-American male in a predominantly um, white arena, it, it is challenging at times. Mm-hmm. Um you do see situations where, hey, I am the only person of color in the room here. Um, how do I, pers- you know, you you'd kind of um, code switch in a way. Yeah. I know we don't really talk about it in this format, um, but you do kind of sometimes have to code switch to kind of let the, the know your audience, kind of understand what the audience is, and then go back uh, to kind of process everything through. Um, and that, again, over time, that stuff builds up. And so you need to have that outlet. Yeah. How do you process? How do you understand what you've actually gone through and take deliberate time? Um, that was another thing for me why I wanted to do counseling, because I know, yes, I have all these techniques that I can use, but I really wasn't processing it in. I wasn't designating time to let it manifest and kind of understand, like, is that what I'm really feeling? Yeah, it's and like, getting to the deep, the deep root. It's hard right. to do it, it by is. yourself. It, absolutely. And you need to have someone else that's like, okay, you said this. Oh, I hate when my counselor does that, but I need it. When they read right back what you said. Right. Like, you don't realize some Which, of the words that come out of your mouth, and your words have power. Correct. Right? Yes. And and I'll be like, oh, no, I didn't say that. And then I just hear the pages flipping back. And I'm like, oh, no, I did say it. But it's so important. It is. It's yeah. very important. So, again, from, from, from a male standpoint of view is, you know, being, being vulnerable. I know a bunch of, you know, you know we were bunch, you know, hanging around with a bunch of fellas. And it's like, hey, yeah, you know, we all want to have that, that tough um, masculine persona. Like, yeah, we got it. We, no, no problem and all that. You know, you do need to have your circle of trust. I think that's the other important thing is understanding, one, have a circle of trust and understanding who's your circle of trust. You can't let everybody in your circle of trust. No, you cannot. I think that's, and that's going to be on the individual on do you trust that person with the shared information with that, um, that, that knowledge. Yeah, that's so good. Oh, yeah. I feel like we've talked about so many things. We're going to have to obviously bring Charles back because <laughs> we oh, already talked about like at least three other podcast episodes. So uh, I feel like we get like the best guest. I love it. Um, the last question I had, I feel like you touched on it already. Um, but as we are winding down, I'm going to ask this question, but feel free to add anything sure. else that you feel like you haven't had a chance to share yet. But um, how do we navigate emotions in stressful and high stakes situations? Again, you've t- 
touched on it already, but if there's anything else that you feel would be relevant to share on this episode, feel free. Good. Um, One, I think you need to have an... Whether you do seek counseling or not, I think it's very important, and it goes back to that circle of trust, have at least one person, individual, who's accountable for who you can be accountable for. Yeah. Um, I'm blessed with, you know, having a wonderful help meet. Uh, my wife, who I'm able to springboard questions and Yay. answers off of. Um, I love love <laughs> and talking about marriage. I love and, and, it. And, and, it gives and, those of us who are single hope. <laughs> woo, woo. That's a separate <laughs> one. Yes. Yeah. Ask about that one. Um, but no, um, I'm in a unique situation because uh, my wife, she was also military. And so it was very relatable. Mm. She could understand what I was going through. Because, again, she was of a color and the only minority in the room. Yeah. So she could definitely relate. Um, so it, it helps. So having that accountability person there to help you out, um, to kind of help springboard you and saying that, hey, am I right? Or being being someone there to, to help you be accountable for your actions. Um, the other thing is, and this is where it's going to have to take time, is finding your true north. What is your mm. true north? It, it's 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 going to be an evolution process. And for those in the audience not not understanding what a true north is, what is your value? Yeah. What Ooh, what yeah. do you value? Um, because a lot of the things that you know we kind of perceive that this important to us may not be truly mm-hmm. the right thing. Um, so what do you value? For me, a little bit of insight, some personal insight. Um, my value kind of is like the bedrock of two things, um, the bedrock of uh, fulfillment and then inner peace. Mm. And so from that inner peace and that fulfillment, I then kind of build up pillars around it. But I talked about the, my pillars of the North Star uh, and then far as uh, my, my personal experience or my personal, my personal values is the uh, I start off with a bedrock called or, or my bedrock, which is um, fulfillment and inner peace. And from mm-hmm. that from that inner peace, I have uh, core principles that I use or pillars that I use uh, within my value system. And I'm, those yeah. value systems are my core values. And those core values are consistency, consistency, uh, consistency. I know it's a hard word to Sometimes say. Sometimes <laughs> a hard word to say, but consistency, ownership, respectful, and uh, excellence. So from a uh, consistency standpoint, it's more of you know maintaining, being being there, being. F- People, so from my, from my experience, people always talk about, hey, I want to be treated fair. The problem with fairness, and there's nothing wrong with fairness. My, my standpoint from fairness is more of, hey, what may be fair to you may not be fair to me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like looking at the, the number nine. On one side is number six, and on the other side is number nine. Who's right? Yeah. But if you're consistent in something that you do, okay, they know consistently that you will maintain this level of you name whatever you're doing. And so you want to be consistent in your actions. Mm-hmm. Um, ownership standpoint, far as accountability, this goes back to being accountable to um, what you do, you know, just not pawn it off to anybody. And I, and I, and like, how does this relate to emotions and all that? You know, if you're understanding what your core values are, you know, you kind of help. It kind of helps guide you that North Star from a navigation standpoint. It kind of helps you kind of navigate to going back to your true north. What is my what are my values? So that's why I'm kind of sharing my perspective of what these core core values are. And again, consistency, ownership, respectful excellence. So I talked about consistency. I talked about uh, ownership. 
now, you know, my other two, the other one, the remaining two is respectful, you know, mm-hmm. being respectful for others. You don't know what that other individual may have gone through that particular day. They may have had the worst day of your life, their life. And then you don't want to be that additional thing that says, hey, uh, my day is all bad and it's just got a whole bunch of worse. So you want to be mindful, be respectful for any, any individual. And I, I try to apply that no matter how far up the food chain I am to the um, indirect person who is, you know, helping out with the burgers and the, at the food joint. And it's like, Hey, thank you, sir. You know, being, being respectful that in in that individual. And then also the last one is the excellence piece being, being excellence in a sense of you're always striving to improve yourself. And again, from a counseling standpoint or emotion standpoint, recognizing that, Hey, we're all going through these emotions. How can I, yes, we're all imperfect, but how more importantly, are we to improve our and ourselves to get better? So yeah. to strive to go into that better. So those are my core principles, my core values that I used off of a bedrock to help me to make sure that I'm in alignment with my true north. And so when those emotions do arise, and they will arise, whether it's anger, um, envy, jealous, or joy, those, it could be the good ones too. It, it <laughs> could be the good ones too. Yes, it could be. Yeah. But you don't want to. You don't want. You want to find out who you are. And so right. when you are at your best, you want to know how you're doing and where you are and what is your guidepost and understanding what your true north is will help you kind of steer you back off. It'll steer you back on course of where you need to be. I love that. And I want to clarify, cause I did say I made a joke, but I was, I want to be clear. Our emotions by themselves are not good or bad. It's rather how we respond to them because they tell us right. about what's going on internally. So I love what you said, Charles, about how, you know, once we find our true north, what our, what our values are, if we are in situations or our behaviors or anything is not lining up with what our value is, you're going to experience that emotion, yes. that dissonance, right? right? And so how do we use our emotions and allowing ourselves to feel that, to go deeper, to point us back to our north? Correct. I love that. And each of those motions, you know, we, we always have a negative connotation with anger. Anger can be good. It, yeah. it helps you feel you. passion. Yes. Yeah. You're very passionate about something. That Use that passion to drive you to your true north. And so those are the things that you want to do. You know, we talk about having, you know, you see the sports the sports analogy of, hey, you know, you, you lose a game. You, you're, you're angry. You're angry. It's good. Good that you're angry. Use that drive. Use that anger to make yourself better. Right. So, that, I mean, <sighs> it, it's it's there. But, yeah. you know, you got to be mindful of how you use it. And to your point, yes, we have all these different emotions, but how do you apply it? And, you know, you just don't willy-nilly and say, well, I'm just going to apply it over here or fling it over there and kind of see how it goes. No. That's where your value system kicks in and says, okay, what is going to fuel me? Is it going to be this? Am I going to – you know, you want to be – in alignment of how you're trying to navigate to where you want to be that better person. Oh, I love it. Just Charles, thank you so much for <laughs> no being problem. on this episode. I think everybody's going to agree that Charles has to come back, yes. obviously. No worries. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for being on uh, this podcast with, with me and with us. Uh, just remember everybody that there is more than enough space for you to be seen and to see others. I'll see you all next time. <laughs>